Hello and welcome back to the Heart to Heart Podcast. I am your host, Aaron Quevedo. Today I'm talking to the owner of Tutoring Club, located right here in Valencia, Mr. Jerry Clark. Mr. Clark has been running the Tutoring Club for 20 years, along with his wife, Kathy. We discuss the services the Tutoring Club provides, some of Mr. Clark's life experiences, and actually get the opportunity to talk to a few Heart students about how the Tutoring Club has helped them. Mr. Clark, the Edwards, welcome to the Heart to Heart Podcast. Hey, thank you very much. Thank you, Aaron. It's a privilege. I've uh, listened yeah. to a few of your podcasts, and i got to tell you, I'm very impressed. I hope I can yeah, keep it as polished as you do. <laughs> I, trust me, there's a lot of a lot of editing and a lot of filler words that get cut out, so um, I'm, I'm very definitely very thankful for that. Um, yeah, glad to have you on. And um, yeah, so if you want to just jump right in. Can you just explain, you know, the purpose of the tutoring club, the what you provide to students, that kind of thing? Well, yeah. I mean, uh, the word tutoring probably explains a lot of it, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, I was fortunate enough to retire about 20 years ago this year, actually. And my wife and I knew we wanted to do something in addition to just being retired. And it had to be something okay. to do with kids. We've, we've known that for our whole, whole lives, our entire married lives. We've loved working with kids. So the tutoring club came around. Um and to be redundant, we've had the tutoring club here in Valencia for 20 years now. Um, wow. It's it's just an amazing opportunity to be able to work with kids. We work with kids K through 12. Um, mm-hmm. Got the occasional college student coming in. Um, as a matter of fact, a few minutes before you and I got on the air, I had a student come back that's now in her second year at COC. Yeah, it's just a, an amazing opportunity to give back to the to the youth in the community. Yeah, that's awesome. I know that's a different side of when I talk to teachers and things, it's very much about, you know, getting involved with, with the next generation stuff and being able to do that, you know, even after you're retired is really, is really fantastic. Yeah. So what were you, what were you doing before you started the tutoring club? What was your profession? Uh, 27 years in the banking industry. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I co-owned a, an investment mortgage bank and I was able to retire at uh, 50 years old and that's way too young to retire in my opinion. Yep. Yeah, and so you said you started this with your wife. How, how long have you known your wife? How long have I known her? I can't count that high. Uh, we've been married 53 years. Yeah, that's, that's I think a that's long right. Time. I won't let her listen yeah. to this if that's wrong. <laughs> that's incredible. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, so you, you started this as a joint venture? We did. You know, and we have, uh, we have four children that are all grown now, and we have uh, 18 grandkids and even four great-grandkids. But with wow. the grandkids and so on... Um, you know, we just knew that there was a there was a need for what tutoring club has to offer. I mean, as I as I tell a lot of our new students, you know, we're not your parents, we're not your teachers, we're your, we're your genie in a bottle. You need help? Come on in and rub the bottle, and we'll take care of it. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I want to talk to um, Ian and Bella for a second. I just want to know. You know, how has the tutoring club personally, how has that impacted your, your schoolwork? Have you found that this is a useful thing for you? Um, well, me personally, I started going to the tutoring club when I was preparing to take the ACT for the first time. Okay. Um, and I was actually, so far, I've raised my score by six points, which is amazing. Wow. That's so much more than I ever could have expected. Um, and that was before the pandemic. And after the pandemic hit, I just... 
I really needed to um, be able to come in and um, learn in person. And um, our mm-hmm. teachers are so good and they're so great. But I just needed that in-person experience. Um, and the tutors here are amazing and they've helped me so much. And it's so clean and there's we're so socially distanced and I feel so safe. So it's great. I want to... Um... I want to circle back to that in-person aspect, but really quick, uh, can you both um, just intro yourselves, you know, your name, your grade? Oh, yeah. I'm Isabella Edwards. I'm a senior at heart now. Okay. Uh, I'm Ian Edwards, and I'm a freshman at heart. Awesome. That You you talked about that in-person aspect. Do you think you've benefited from, especially because you're you're able to go into this place in person when you would otherwise be... Um, you know, just at home and just learning at home has being able to learn in that environment, um, especially now, um, has that had an impact on on your on your grades and things like that? Um, yeah, it has a lot. The hardest part of quarantine for me has really been getting the motivation to like get up and get ready for the day and do my work when I'm just going to be sitting in my mm-hmm. room all day doing it. And being able to get up and go to the tutoring club and do my work there and get help from a tutor while I'm doing it has been the biggest motivator for me. And I just feel myself so much more committed to my work. And Mr. Clark, what was what was the process like for having to um, transition back into being in person? What was the was that kind of a interesting transition? How had that play out? Oh my goodness, it was it was fortunately fortunately tutoring falls into um, into a category where we didn't have to shut down. Uh, oh, really? But what okay. we did have to do is convert all of everything that we do down here had to be converted to Zoom, if you will, right away. We had to digitize yeah. everything. It took us uh, between corporate and the various franchises. Uh, within about three weeks, we were able to offer everything that we've done wow. for the last 20 plus years online. That's amazing. So that was online. What was the transition like coming back? So are you having in-person, you are having in-person learning now, right? We're probably 80 plus percent. No, we're definitely 80 plus percent in-person now. The parents want the kids out of the houses and the kids want to see an instructor's face. Yeah. So, so having to transition into, into that with, you know, all the social distancing protocols and stuff, how did that, how long did it take to finally get back in person? About uh, well, even even after we got back on after we got online after about three weeks, uh, we still had customers that wanted to come in in person. So, getting the screens set up, um, mm-hmm. training the tutors to to get used to cleaning everything in between every student, um, getting used to wearing the masks and so on and so forth. We were shut down for about three weeks, but during that period of time, I was able to get. I was able to get the we call them sneeze guards up, uh, mm-hmm. get all the cleaning supplies we needed. Every student, when they walk in the door, uh, they have their temperature taken. We try to keep them distance, and they do a very good job of that. They all mm-hmm. use a hand sanitizer. Uh, they are the only ones that touch their binders that we supply, and they're they're all supplied their own pencils. So nobody's sharing pencils. Nobody's parents uh, sharing mm-hmm. binders. Um, it's, there's probably things, having done this now for several months, there's probably things I'm missing that uh, that have become almost natural. Yeah. Yeah, three weeks is a really remarkable time to have that turnaround, especially from, 
you know, having a full-fledged program, we're doing this and this and this and having to transition that to Zoom. I know even just with regular school, I was really impressed with how fast we were able to turn around and get going again um, with distance learning. And and talking about distance learning, I know it can be, just as a student personally, I know it's very easy to, be, to you know, become unengaged or, you know, uh, unmotivated, uh, even with regular school, not just in the situation that we're currently in, how is, how is motivation? How do you encourage that with the students that you work with? You know, I, it, I think it kind of just goes back to, they have someone to be accountable to. Um, mm. One of the things that surprises me is that we have a tremendous study skills program with the help that the kids need from us. Now we just, they just don't seem to have time to spend on the specific, on the entire study skills program. So on a, on a day-by-day basis, as these kids are coming in, we're taking bits and pieces from that program. And just these kids are going to come out of here better students than when they came in. I mean, they're going to, they're learning time management. They're learning organizational skills. Um, you know, they're learning goal setting. They're learning how to, te- uh, how to study for tests and things of that nature. You know, even if we see them only two or three hours a week, um, mm-hmm. they still have to know how to take notes while they're online and on and on and on. So I've just put a lot of energy into making sure all of my tutors know how to teach the students to be better prepared. So when they come into us, they can tell us what they need. Yeah. I really think having that accountability and equipping students is, is definitely something that would be very valuable. Can you, can you explain, you know, how your program works with the tutoring club? Yeah, thank you. We, um, We basically do two things down here. We do what we call program and we do tutoring. Program, student comes in, takes a diagnostic test. Based on those test results, a structured program is put together to take the student from today's lack of skills to the point where hopefully they don't need us again in the future. As you've all learned as time goes on, you have no idea how geometry is gonna react to a student, but we can have everything else taken care of. Um, Then we have tutoring. Tutoring, the student supplies the materials, we supply the brains. By that, I mean Mm -hmm. kids bring in their homework. Uh, We make sure they understand it. We make sure they're doing it correctly, and we prep them for their upcoming tests. And understand, I didn't say we do their homework for them. Uh, We make sure that they understand it and they're doing it correctly. Yeah, that's that's definitely a big part of, you know, equipping them, making sure that they're doing it correctly so that they can take the test and not have obviously they they're not going to have a tutor sitting with them taking the test, right? So exactly. being able to to build out those skills themselves is really important. Yeah, so how can students inquire about, you know, getting help at the tutoring club, you know, what are your hours, that kind of thing? Well, we've changed our hours this year because uh, with the kids getting out of school earlier, we've opened at 1:30 now, used to be 2:30. So we're here 1:30 okay. to 7:30 Monday okay. through Thursday. Uh, and Saturday mornings, they can reach out to us by phone, uh, 661-702-9956. They can text to that same number. Um, our website is amazing, www.tutoringclub. Um, okay. And Instagram and Facebook, but I keep being told that high school kids don't use Facebook anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's... I'm not sure that a lot of my peers are, are invested in Facebook, but definitely Instagram. We will, uh, we'll tag you on it on anything. I appreciate that. Yeah. And, and finally, you know, this is kind of a, a recurring question we have. Um, do, you, do you just have any words of encouragement for, you know, um, students who you're interacting with who may be struggling with their schoolwork or just, you know, heart students in general 
Um, you have any words of encouragement for them? You know, I do. I do. I do. There was a few years ago, I believe it was um, Valencia High School that put out a sweatshirt that had just the word grit on it. That word has meant a lot to me when I'm working with our kids down here. You guys are just going through something that nobody would have ever guessed you had to go through. Yeah. You're just, you're going to have to learn to adapt. You're going to have to, you're just going to have to do the best with what you've gotten. Um, you know, you've got mm-hmm. to keep your goals high. And when you, when you kids get through this, when you get back into the norm, if there ever is a norm again, you're just going to be that much stronger, that much more mature as far as understanding what the world can throw your way. Um, the help, the help is out there for you. You know, there's professional places like us and there's your teachers are getting better and better every year, but you kids will be some of the strongest kids prepared for who knows what the world is going to throw at you down the road. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely appreciate that. And definitely coming out the other side of this, you know, I, I definitely personally have a spirit of more resilience and being able to, you know, it makes some of my other problems feel a lot smaller. Um, yeah. Thank you for coming on the podcast, Mr. Clark. Oh, my pleasure, Aaron. Thanks a bunch, man. Yeah. And, uh, Bella, Ian, you guys too. Thanks. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Um, I, I have a question that I'd like to know. Um, how did you and your wife, uh, meet? Like what's the, what's the story on that? Yeah, we were, we were the old proverbial high school sweethearts, basically. Um, <laughs> when I was in, back when I was in high school, when most of my friends were playing baseball and football, I was a professional motorcycle racer. Wow. And uh, my wife was a trophy girl at one of the races. And next thing you know, she's my wife. Talking about motivation to win, right? Yeah. yeah. What's your craziest motorcycle racing story? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, I was pronounced dead once for three minutes. Okay. That's yeah, pretty crazy. You're going you're gonna to have to tell that story, please. Go ahead and top that one, right? Yeah. yeah. Can you can you explain that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, me and my big mouth. My wife will be so upset with me. She hates it when I talk about that one. No, please, please do. This is well, this great. Heard, you guys have heard the stories about them before, maybe read the books about it. But indeed, I, uh, I was a racetrack up in Hayward, California. And uh, I had a complete out-of-body experience. And before I realized what was going on, um, I was checking out the bridges up in the Bay Area. I went over to San Francisco. I went over to Sausalito. And then I came back over to where I was hearing some noises and sirens going on. And I looked down and I went, oh, my gosh, that's me. What the heck is going on? And uh, they tell me it was about three minutes later. I woke up in a lot of pain and uh, found out that according to the uh, according to the ambulance drivers I was gone for about three minutes that's that's remarkable what, what was the accident that caused that um, overconfidence actually to be honest uh, <laughs> I got a bad start someone was in front of me and I went to pass him I should have given him a, I should have waited a little bit longer to get around him and I tried to pass him and uh, bounced off his, was catapulted from my front wheel, hit his rear wheel, and it threw me into a, into a wooden fence. And one of my sponsors was Bell Helmets. And fortunately for me, because I broke the helmet in half when I, my head hit a four by four. My gosh. Um, so that's part of why I'm as loony as I am today, I'm sure. 
Yeah, you, so you said you were in um how long were you in professional racing? Oh, I think about four years maybe. Okay. Four or five years, something like that. As a as a licensed pro, maybe about three or four years. No, it's yeah, and you were doing that years. out of high school? Yes. Uh, junior, okay. senior year, and after, and the year after that. Yeah, that's definitely a pretty incredible story. Yeah, a lot of fun. Um, you said you were retired as a – was it a – I heard bank or can – you, can you restate what you retired as again? Uh, when I – when physically I wasn't able and with having children, I wasn't able to focus on motorcycle racing as well as I needed to. Uh, I, I started relying on what college education I had at that point in time, and and I just fell into an, an old fan of mine. I uh, was in the banking industry, the mortgage industry, and I, I got to say it's probably because of the type of person I am, my competitive background. Within mm-hmm. three years, um, uh, another partner of mine, another friend of mine and I, we put the money together and did what we needed to do to start an actual investment mortgage bank. So wow. for many years after that, I was in the banking industry and would have never guessed it. Uh, I was going to ask, do you have any crazy banking stories? Well, no, I think what I think what might be more fun is that a good friend of mine um, is a uh, professional sports representative. Um, and he sent me a lot of his clients. So over the years I was in the uh, banking business, I had my walls were covered with pictures of professional uh, athletes. Uh, being wow. up in the Bay Area, it was basically the 49ers, um, Giants, a uh, few tennis players, uh, the um, Oakland A's. No, no, not the A's. Yeah, we, I, did have a, I did have a couple of guys from the A's. Um, Raiders, that's who I was trying to think of. But I had a lot of wow. professional athletes. And... Uh, those guys are just a kick to deal with. Mm-hmm. Who was who was your favorite athlete to meet and work with? Oh, you know they all had their they all had their own they all had their own uniqueness about them. But you know what? This this is off track. I will tell you one thing. One there is uh, something that Bob Lamont. This is the gentleman that referred the customers to me. You kids could look him up if you want. It's PSR, Professional Sports Representative. Um, I'm sure Bob's still in the business. Haven't talked to him in years, but. Um, it was very frustrating for for a professional um, uh, sports rep because a lot of his athletes, and I'll just use round numbers, not real numbers. At the beginning of the year, they, you know, let's let's say the 49ers give this guy a million dollars for his contract that year. Um, some of those guys, September, October, they're back in my office because they're broke. They need more money. Hmm. And some of those guys at the end of the year, their net worth is a million too. What's the difference? Why did some of these guys just squander their money? And why did some of these guys do what's right with them? And as bizarre as it is to say, uh, Bob Lamont uh, was a um, history teacher in high school when he got started, before he got started. And we found out purely coincidentally that the most successful financial uh, athletes that we dealt with had a passion for history uh, majored or minored in history in college huh. or just paid attention to history. And he and I boiled it down to, I think it was Winston Churchill that said, those who fail to learn from history are doomed to repeat doomed it. Doomed to repeat it, yeah. Yeah. And wow. uh, it just goes down. You can be the greatest 
baseball player that Hart's ever put out. And if you don't have a, if you don't have the education, that money's not going to last. Yeah, that'll humble humble you really quick. Oh wow. my goodness. Yep. Yeah, that's a, that's a really interesting parallel. But it does make sense, you know. Like, you you can learn a lot from people's past experiences. You know, just talking to people, much less you know actually studying history and things like that. So that that makes a lot of sense. But yeah, that's really interesting. You know, at at your age, high school kids, you're you're at the point in time in your life where you know it all. Uh, you're hmm. smarter than your mom and dad. You're smarter than us. And you know what? In in a lot of areas, you are. But what you what you need to to try to understand is let the people who have learned from their mistakes teach you. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. That's a lot of things. I've picked up a lot of a lot of you know knowledge and just from from running this podcast and you know being able to talk to those people. And, you know, talk about their past experiences of, you know, when they were in junior high um, and just in my everyday life, being able to, to have those connections with with people who are older than me has been definitely valuable. Yep. My grandkids are probably sick of me saying God gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason. Listen twice as much as you as you speak. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I've heard that one many, many times. Yeah. All right, Mr. Clark, thank you for being on the podcast. This was, this took a lot of different turns, but I'm, I'm all here for it. It was great. Great. Anything I can do for you guys, let me know. Yep. Of course. All right. And thank you for listening to the heart to heart podcast. Uh, make sure to go follow us on Instagram at heart to heart podcast, as well as on Spotify, Apple podcast, and anywhere else podcasts are available. Uh, if you'd like to be a guest on the show, as uh, Mr. Clark is, go to the link in our Instagram bio and fill out an application, and you just might be contacted by our production team. And as always, this conversation has been from the heart. Have a good week, you guys.